0: Welcome back, everyone. This is the first episode of Season 2, and we're very honored to have Tina Roth-Eisenberg, also known as Swiss Miss, to kick things off. Tina, welcome to the show.
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Cameron.
0: It is a real honor. Um, Now, I should state that Tina sits on our advisory board for Authentic Jobs and helps promote its listings, but in no way is she being compensated for her time today. This is totally a pro bono thing, Tina, and I appreciate you making time. All right, so I'm going to start off by asking you a question that I get asked pretty often, and that is, how do you balance everything? You've got your hands in a lot of things, right? A popular blog, running Studio Mates, Creative Mornings, Tatly, most importantly, your family. What's your process for deciding how and where to spend your time?
1: I wish I had a really smart answer with a really elaborate process, but unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> I really don't have a scientific, you know, process behind this. It's it's really when it comes to my companies Creative Mornings and Tatley, it's pretty much whoever screams the loudest and needs my attention. Right. I will, you know, it's like with kids. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to be conscious of balancing like the attention I'm attention I'm giving to either Creative Mornings team or my Tatley team and then I I just try to be the best boss or mom I can be and and just do a good job with the time I have at hand. I mean, I really, there's no, there's no secret there. I'm certain that I could probably do a better job if I would do less things at some of these, you know, different roles. But the beauty is that, um, for example, when it comes to my teams, they, they realize I'm juggling a lot and they they took this job on knowing that I'm, for example, not a boss that's 100% hands-on just with that firm, which in itself actually allows for actually interesting shifts in how a company runs. Like, for example, my team knows they have to be very independent they have, and I trust them. So I, I sometimes wonder what what would what my companies be like if I was there 100% at all times, you know? Like I feel like Creative Mornings entirely have become what they are to a certain extent because my teams are so hands-on and I trust them and they just need to run with it because I'm not there all the time.
0: Do you feel that's hurt or or maybe help the business then by – only being able to contribute so much of your time to each one of those endeavors?
1: I actually think it makes it better because there's only so much vision I can have on how it should be. But when people really bring their own heart and soul and passion into it and stamp their own personality onto it, it just exponentially gets better. That's one thing I've really learned with Creative Mornings is I've started this, but at the end of the day, it's all the hosts around the world that are running it, making it, into what it is today and I would have never envisioned it to be what it is today and I think the same concept translates to a certain extent with a company
0: you ever seen those acrobats that uh, have like 10 or 20 spinning plates on sticks that's how I feel yeah you ever feel like that (laughs) (laughs) one's falling over here you got to catch it and spin it and go back (laughs) to the next one
1: yeah but I feel like that, but at the same time, I just also had to acknowledge that that's also something I honestly thrive on. I thrive on jumping between things. I thrive on just being busy and doing a lot of things like that's just something that feeds my personality and I know other people they when they see how I work and how much i you know uh oversee it it makes them shiver. It's just a personality thing in the end of the day,
0: so I'd like to know, a lot of our listeners probably work mostly with digital content, right? So it's virtual stuff. What's Mm -hmm. been the most surprising difference between running a company that sells physical product versus one that exists maybe primarily on the web?
1: (laughs) Well, one word, shipping. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know all about this, Cameron. You've you've shipped posters, right? For better, for Um, worse. I mean, I personally love the physical element. I love that there is a physical product that I can hold in my hands and say, this is what we've made. It's always something that when back in the days, when I ran my um, web design studio, that that was always something that, that was lacking for me. Like it's beautiful, it's there, but I just love holding something in my hands. So I love that aspect, but then the biggest pain point I think in the difference of these businesses, like when you launch a website and there's a mistake or something, you can just tweak it, boom, upload it, it's done, yeah. right? There's, yeah. there's this instantness, which which is amazing. Um, with the products, you know, every time we send sleeves or or the, the files to the printer, I take a deep breath because I always remind myself, this is not the web. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there's a mistake, <laughs> this is, this is going to be costly.
0: <laughs> well, it's a two-edged sword too from what I've seen with my own stuff, and that is... The fact that we're so global now and we can have orders come in from all over the world, but then we have to deal with shipping those. You, you mentioned shipping and it it can yeah. be a challenge sometimes shipping to far off countries. And if that gets returned and having to ship it back to them again and so forth, have you run into problems like that before?
1: Yeah, we do. And uh, my team has been really patient with me because I have this very nostalgic a notion of how we ship our things, which is like, I, it's really important to me that we um, use real stamps. We always pick really cool stamps that are currently available at the post office. And and like we really make these envelopes that we ship out to Atlee and um, look beautiful. It looks like you get mail from a friend. And it's always been really important to me that it's not just a, a generic UPS label or whatever label that is that we slap onto it, which is then always makes it not... Very human, right? Um, so, but the problem is that there are certain countries, for example, Germany, where we constantly get returns or the, it gets lost, which is really, really costly for us. So there are several countries like that where we actually had to shift the way we ship things, and we had to actually use um, trackable mail. Like, right, we do it through in Daisha so we can track the mailing. And it kind of breaks my heart a bit that my, you know, the romantic notion of having real stamps on it, we can't really use it. So that's that's sort of one of the points where I need to realize, you know, some of the ideas I originally had, what I want to build Tatley on, I need to let go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, a very personal human touch seems to be integral to a lot of what you do. And and something else I've noticed with the businesses that you're in. Well actually let me mention you've got a few listings on authentic jobs. We'll get to those later on. And one of those listings includes a requirement to send a joke along with your application. So in addition to a very personal human touch, it seems like fun is an integral part of, of what you're doing. Is Why is that?
1: Actually, they all do. That is a requirement for any job listing with me is you need to send us a thoughtful email, tell us why you we should hire you, and then send us a joke. And that's actually something that my accountant told me once, that he uses that as a filter. And I, this is the best thing I've ever done. Like, First of all, if people don't read it and don't do it, for example, when I hire Tatley, I tell them not only to send me a joke, but also their favorite Tatly. So a link to their favorite Tatly. And the people that just don't do it, they're not, you know, you got to be careful when you apply somewhere. You got to be thoughtful. You got to, you know, make sure you read everything that's on there they ask you to do. And people that don't send a joke or don't send a Tatly link, um, they're automatically not not considered. So that sort of shows me who's really, you know, attentive to detail. Uh, and also, on top of it, to be very honest, the type of jokes people send is really interesting. Because <laughs> I remember for this once ro- one role last year, I was literally sitting there blushing because there were so many inappropriate jokes in my inbox. And I mean, you can't do that. If you're emailing a potential employer, you know, it doesn't have to be the best joke in the world. Just make it somewhat appropriate. <laughs> so I must say, it's the best filter mechanism for what a terrific tip.
0: And it's so easy to get jokes too, right? If you're applying, yeah. at least you can go find a joke now online and, and include that. But you're right. I mean, even those small, tiny details are important. Do they pick up on what you requested for them to send in that in the application?
1: And also, to be honest, there this is one instance where I literally knew from a photographer, Ace Tatley. He sent a video, it was with tacos, and it was so hilarious that I kind of secretly knew I will hire this person Mm -hmm. just off the video. We were laugh crying, and we we just knew this person is going to fit in. This is our sense of humor, and it's true. He's been working for us for like a year now.
0: Well, I'd like to ask you about uh, something else now. Your interview, and it was a very brief one in Offscreen Magazine, issue number Mm -hmm. nine. Yeah. i got my copy right here. I'm going to read from it, in fact, because uh, okay. in here, you say something that I think is just terrific. You see, the question is, what's your secret superpower, right? Uh-huh. And you say, and it, quote, enthusiasm is my superpower. One might say that confidence yields the same result. I disagree. Confidence is about yourself. Enthusiasm is about something else. Confidence is impressive, but enthusiasm is infectious. Confidence is serious. Enthusiasm is fun. Now, you are probably the most enthusiastic person I know. I think we would all agree with your remarks about enthusiasm. However, actually being enthusiastic 24-7 is a totally different story. Is Is this in your <laughs> DNA or is it something that you've learned along the way?
1: No, it's always been in my DNA. Actually, I remember uh, friends of my parents commenting on this with me as a kid. So I think this has always been a part of me. It's just like when I have an idea for something, when, I, when there's something I want to build or make or do, I just literally like, it just, it takes over my whole body and I get all like, I can't I start dancing around. Like, it's really funny. My team say no when one of these like, like moments c- comes up and I'm like, Oh, there she goes. There she goes. And I start dancing through the office. And I'm like, Oh guys, guys, I have an idea. So it's just, it's just part of who I am.
0: Is that a, is that a, I don't know what the right word is, but it seems like that's an asset to your business. And that would be tough to replace if you were ever to sell one of these businesses to have someone else come in and fill those shoes.
1: Well, luckily, I'm not thinking about selling my businesses. But, you know, but there's something to be said that, you know, while that is a superpower of mine and I'm really good at that. And I guess that, that uh feeds into getting the team excited and like sort of have that, you know, energy like take over the teams and, you know, push the company forward. There's a lot of things that I'm not so good at. So I feel like if ever somebody else would want these companies, they would just make them stronger in a, in a different area. I really feel like in the end of the day, like I'm not perfect in how how I run my businesses. I know what I'm lacking, so I'm not worried about that. If I ever would pass on the baton,
0: that's a fair assessment, and I can see your remarks in myself as well as a as a business owner and the strengths and the weaknesses that I have. Let's let's shift to hiring. Uh, what techniques have there been techniques that you found that have made the finding the interviewing process successful outside of what you've already mentioned?
1: Just looking back to you know when I was on the other side of being interviewed, I just remember how incredibly awkward these moments are. And what I'm trying to do as now someone who hires is to take the awkwardness out. And i I don't think my interviews are usually typical interviews. What I'm mostly trying to do is like just go for a walk with people. Like I say, like you a know, real I can, walk. Yeah, so I, I you know, I used, it's it's cool because when they come to me, um, there's kind of a few spaces I can show them. So, for example, I showed them our core working space, studio mates. I talk about that a little bit. I walk with them through the space. Maybe I'll introduce them to someone there. I just want to see them just, like, you know, interact. I want to see them. Sitting down is very awkward to me, at least. Oh, I remember being awkward. And then I walk into a tatly. I usually put a tatly on them. That's always a little weird. Oh, my God, there's this person touching me that might employ me. You know, like there's there's these little moments where, where you can see how, how do they deal with, like, sort of maybe a, Unexpected situation, and then maybe we go downstairs and we go to the coffee shop, and I see how they interact with the barista. Do they hand me the sugar? Are they, are, do they notice, you know, stuff like that? And at, at the end of the day, it's like a little date, you know. Is is this person gelling with how I interact with people? Like, that's what it comes down to.
0: Are there any red flags when you're walking with someone in those environments where you're like, "Whoa, this is not really the candidate I need."
1: You know, oftentimes it's just I. I wouldn't say there's like, if they do this, they would never hire them. It's really just a gut. To me, it's like hiring is all about gut. I look first at their qualification and then it's literally like, do I gel with the energy of that person, of their, you know, how they talk to me, how they, their energy. I mean, really to me, it's it's dating. I know within two to five minutes if I want to hire that person. And I've, there's several people on my team that I have hired spontaneously on the spot just thinking, you know, my gut tells me this this could work out. And There's a few people that have never done what I hired them for. And you, it's so interesting. When you hire young people and you give them a chance at something that they might have never been able to prove themselves with, and you just trust them, they over-deliver. Like, I have a few people on my team that have blown me away, and I just took a chance on them, right? And that is so beautiful. That's the beauty of being an employer, I feel, You know, like really helping young people, especially just, you know, just give them a chance and then see them grow. My personal definition of success is like with the happiness and the growth I see around me. I mean, that's my favorite part of being an employer is seeing how my people in my team, how they thrive and grow as people.
0: Yeah, it seems like in the technical and creative industries too, we sometimes place so much weight in what they can do technically and creatively. And we look beyond that to where they may be invaluable to our company in ways that we didn't think of, right? If we're gauging on the experience they've had with a coding language or the designs in their portfolio, we might totally miss out on the other things that they bring to the table. It seems like you value that enormously. Maybe not more mm-hmm. than those other qualifications, but it's, it's a big part of your hiring. Is that right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So once you've hired a candidate, do you have any special process for onboarding them?
1: No, we we throw them into cold water. No, okay. <laughs> so, I mean it's just we're just really nice to them, you know. No, we we do kind of just throw them into cold water, but at the same time, like we kind of all sense if they need help. Like we, there's there's no there's no real system there. But so far, we've like I tend to hire people that are very self sufficient. I think if you want to work with me, a boss like me, you need to be someone who you know takes initiative, who just can run with things. We just recently had someone work for us who, who was not that person. And I noticed it was a complete misfit for our culture. So my usually I usually ask people, hey, tell me about your side projects. Tell me what kind of stuff you do outside of work. Because that oftentimes clearly shows me these are you know self-starters. These are people that have this entrepreneurial spirit of like just running with things. And that's the kind of people I hire.
0: You've got... A few positions on Authentic Jobs right now. You've got, uh, for Creative Mornings, you've got a community coordinator. That's an internship. You've got a content curator. That's a full-time one. And then for Tatly, you've got a customer and administrative support, which is a full-time position. Anything mm-hmm. you'd like to talk about as far as what you're looking for there?
1: Well, we're just looking for a really energetic, fun people to join our team. I mean, I must tell you, the content curator position – <laughs> I want to apply if it was me 15 years ago. <laughs> you would not or you would apply? I would. I would. It's, it's, an, it's a total dream job if you're someone who is really immersed in, in creativity and is like someone who loves to be on the internet and just watch talks and find things that have to do with creativity. We basically need a mini Maria Popova. Well,
0: said. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure we link her up in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. So with Creative Mornings. You now have chapters throughout the world, right? Uh, what have been some of the most inspiring experiences or stories that have come out of these chapters and, and their speakers?
1: Yeah, well, actually, I, I can share something that we haven't shared yet. But we actually, yesterday, I'm not supposed to say this, yes, but yesterday we just signed off our hundredth chapter.
0: No which, way! Yeah, which is well, congratulations.
1: Thank you. That's quite a big milestone. Yeah, Dusseldorf, Germany got the 100th chapter and we're so excited.
0: (laughs) And that's amazing.
1: Yeah, It's almost a little overwhelming to think that it happens in 100 cities around the world every month.
0: And those are speakers Um, at every one of those chapters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every Friday, is it?
1: Uh, Once a month. A a Friday a month, yeah. Um, But that was not your question. Your question was...
0: Yeah, so what what have been some inspiring experiences, uh, stories?
1: Well, I think the most inspiring thing that came out of it was actually happened about three weeks ago so I started creative mornings in New York because I wanted my creative community to get together on a regular basis because I'm a big believer that real relationships are made in person and not behind a screen and so that was the whole premise of it and then I realized about a year ago I looked to my team and said guys that's the reason why we started it but we've never gotten all our hosts in one room you know, here's we interact with them on email and we see them on photos, but we've never met them. So we invited all of them for our first ever organizer summit. And that was three weeks ago here in New York. We had 175 people fly in from over 30 countries. We're talking Auckland, New Zealand, Singapore. I mean, it was mind-blowing. And we worked really hard. My team worked really, really hard. On um, It was like a two-and-a-half-day conference, basically, for all of the people that organize Creative Mornings and their volunteer teams around the world. And I must say, that was the most emotional two days of my life. I kicked off the event with a um, with a small talk, sort of giving a bit of a history, and I had my first stage cry. I, I, <laughs> I, I stood there and just looking into that room of people that complete... You know, Creative Mornings started as a labor of love in New York, and all of a sudden, there's like 175 people in a room contributing to this labor of love. And it was so incredibly overwhelming. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I told my husband, I said, I'm really sorry. Don't take this the wrong way. But this was this was like a wedding on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what I've learned out of this is, and what came out of it is that, again, if you trust people, like if you put the right people in charge with, you know, whatever it is that you've started building and you trust them, they make it so much better in the end of the day, the ideas that came out of there, the stories that came out of there, the things that our chapter hosts are doing in their cities and experimenting and then letting us know if it works. They have so many more ideas than we would have ever had. And we are continuously like sort of working off their ideas and and making creative mornings better. It is so humbling. And this is all volunteer driven. Okay. So all of these hosts around the world do this out of their own, just because they believe in it.
0: So you uh, Tina you've been really I mean honestly an inspiration to me as being another business owner. Uh we've had this, some discussions before about the challenges of running a business. I want to know specifically how you deal with setbacks and unexpected challenges uh being a business owner.
1: Mhm. Well the one thing I've learned over the past few years is like I really feel like being being a business owner has made me a real grown up. Because <laughs> there's so many things that go wrong. There's so many moments where I have to take a deep breath and I, I would love just to run away and not deal with it, but I just have to. Like, you know, I really was always someone who had a, shied away from difficult conversations, but I just had to learn, like, meet the difficult conversations head on. Like, just face it, just be a grown up. And I I'm really grateful that even all those difficult moments I had over the past few years have really taught me just like, it's fine, just deal with it, just... Take a deep breath and deal with the things in a very calm manner, and then it will be okay, and you move on. I know that there's certain things that happened over the last year that I think the Tina from five years ago would have freaked out, would have been all emotional, and like you know, but it's okay. And I'm all I want in my life is interesting days, that's kind of like my MO, right? And fun, having fun while they're interesting, <laughs> but um, I'm really grateful, like, there are moments where. Being an entrepreneur is really hard, and I don't want to deal with these things, but at the end of the day, I signed up for interesting days. And with every difficult problem you face and solve, you just grow as a person.
0: Sounds a lot like parenting, doesn't it?
1: Yep. It's the, uh, the, if, the, if I've learned one thing is that r- running and growing a business and parenting is so similar.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. So for those who have aspirations to work with you or a company like yours, is there any advice you can give them? I know this is a kind of a typical question that will come up in yep. interviews like this, but you know, I, I find people want to know when I talk to them, especially the the younger people in our industry, they want to know how they can become maybe not like us, but but mm-hmm. be part of that world. Anything you can tell them.
1: Keep showing up, work really hard, be a be a pleasant person to be around, <laughs> help people. Like if you see an opportunity to help someone, it can be so small. But if I sense that somebody is really proactive and is attentive and sees, you know, Tina could use help there right now. That I value that so much. Someone who just sees it, you know, who's attentive, who I just see as a hustler. And just work really hard. That's my advice to young people. Work really hard. Keep showing up and be a fun person to be around. No drama, no complaining, just be upbeat.
0: Well, Tina, I expected this would be a terrific way to kick off season two, and it certainly has been. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. This was fun.